everyone to episode 9 of the Slot Report. My name is Victor, bringing you all the action of what's happening down in South America with the Superliga Americana Rugby. And everyone, I am going to bid you adieu because this will be our very last episode of the season. Unfortunately, we're going to end up in 9 episodes. I would have rather wished that this was ended at 10. But in any case, it is what it is, everyone. And it has been an absolute pleasure, of course, to, uh, to bring you all the information down in South America, which for the looks of it, it looked like I was literally the only English language anything in regards to this league, which pretty much remained down south for again for, for everything, really. But in any case, um, before I again, because I'm, I'm, I'm bidding you adieu already, and it's only been 51 seconds since we started talking. But in any case, let's get right into the action of things, and then I will pretty much repeat myself again. Well, everyone, uh, we're going to be talking about the final, the final of the 2021 Super League Americana, the rugby uh, tournament, which uh, faced uh, Jaguares 15 from Argentina against Peñarol Rugby, or, or to be more precise, Club Atletico Peñarol Rugby, uh, which is its proper name from Uruguay. Uh, the match happened at Estadio Charrua, the home of Uruguayan Rugby, the home of Teteros, the national team. And before we get specifically uh, to the result and everything else, let's break down both teams. Uh, so first of all, Peñarol was coming in after a, a solid opening half against Segnum, uh, beating them 17-14. In all honesty, a very close matchup, which really was Segnum's to lose, and it was indeed the case. Uh, while Jaguares came from a very nice um, showing uh, against um, Olympia Lions, which was a team that definitely gave them a, a good matchup, in all honesty, ending with a 29 to 17 score. So uh, to break down the team, so first uh, the the home team Peñarol. So they came in with four Argentinian players starting at the, in the final. Uh, we have Manuel Nogues. Uh, actually, you know, I might as well put it in, in regards to position. So, Nahuel Milan in, in the lock. Uh, we have uh, Manuel Logues, uh, actually, Corrado Ruda at number eight. Uh, Manuel Logues as scrum half. And lastly, uh, Martin Roger at fly half. Uh, then, in, and of course, all the other players were homegrown. We had Nicolas Freitas at the wing, rather at his usual position of center. Uh, that, of course, uh, then with Thomas Inciarte at the outside center position, uh, who can also uh, cover scrum half. Then in regards to Hawaii's 15, we have Sebastian Cancelliere uh, at the wing, but could be the designated replacement for Felipe Scurra uh, at, um, at at nine at again at fly uh, excuse me at scrum half. Uh, Cancelliere, of course, coming in at 14 tries in the tournament, uh, which was the highest uh, in it, and we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Then after that, um, we have uh, Federico uh, uh, Rensing uh, uh, directly in, in the field, uh, as well as Pablo Seis up, up from both players, of course, at starting position. Uh, Francisco Gordesing at eight, uh, which has been really good. Uh, and of course, uh, the other starter, Joaquin Oviedo, at the bench. Okay, so speaking of this particular matchup, and just to bring up the whole of the of the team, so we have uh, for Peñarol 
Uh, we have Juan Echevarria, Guillermo Pujadas, and Diego Arbelo at the front row. Felipe Aleaga, Noel Milan at Scrum, uh, excuse me, at the locks. Uh, Manuel Ardao, Santiago Chiveta, and Corrado Rura at the back three. And then in the backs, we got Manuel Logues, Martin Roger at uh, Scrum Half and Fly Half, uh, respectively. Nicolás Freitas, uh, Juan Manuel Alonso, and Baltasar Amaya at the back three. The two wins and the and finally the full uh, fullback, and then at the center is Andres Vilaseca, the captain, and Tomás Inciate. In the replacements, we have Facundo Gatas, eh, Facundo Pomponio, Matias Benítez, Erito Santos, Juan Marcos eh, Chaimán, or Chamyan, eh, eh, Carlos Deus, Felipe Arcos Pérez, and Jose I I Irulegui. Then lastly, for Jaguares eh, 15, we got Federico, again, eh, we I need to find out how you pronounce that guy's last name. Eh, Martin Baca and Juan Pablo Seis again at the front row. Federico Gutierrez, Franco Molina at the, the, the locks. Lautaro Bavaro, Juan Martin Gonzalez, and Francisco Corizen at the back three, the, the forwards. Then in the backs, we got Felipe Escurra, Tomás Albornoz at Scrum Half and Fly Half, respectively. Eh, we have Juan Pablo Castro and Agustín Segura at the centers. And lastly, Tomás Cubilla at 11, Sebastián Cachaleta at 14, and Juan Bautista Dairu in fullback. Then last in replacements, we got Ignacio Ruiz, eh, Francisco Minervino, Joel Esclavi, Tomás Ber eh, Bernasconi, Joaquín Oviedo, Teo Castiglioni, Martín Elías, and eh, Jerónimo Prichantelli at 23. Okay, everyone, so this was a really, really good match. In all honesty, it exceeded my expectations. I was not expecting Peñarol to give hell to Hawares this much. And it ended up, by the way, being a, 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 with a score of 36 to 28. This was Peñarol's definitely best match of the tournament, more, most definitely their best one against Hawares. I believe I mentioned this at last episode, but the first time both teams face off, Hawares beat them 46-17 to 17 at round 5, and then the matchup after that, which was at round 10, was 42-18. to 18. So from those two to then ending at 36-28 to 28, score even at a loss that was actually really good by Peñarol but in any case everyone let me give you the breakdown of the match because this was again really good so Peñarol was able to in defense get ahead of Jaguares they actually had a really good first 20 minutes where the scores were actually 0-0 to zero, which was for Jaguares was actually quite strange in any case um, uh, they were able to get a, a, a they were able to get a penalty from Jaguares and score the first three points of the match uh, by Martin Roger at minute twenty. Then after that, at minute twenty three, three minutes later, Tomas Cubilla, who was pretty much the man of the match, scored the very first strike. Cubilla had a really really good game in all honesty. Uh, he stepped up a couple of guys, boom, scored the first strike. Then after that, at minute 31, we have um, uh, this gentleman uh, that I mentioned before. Uh, give me a second, because now I'm blanking on his name. Juan Bautista Dairu, uh, the, the, the fullback. Came in, boom, boom, put the next try at minute 31. The, so by them, the, uh, the score was, I believe, 12 to 3, uh, 12 to 3 lead, Jaguares. Uh, and then um, again, uh, Peñarol was pushing them in defense, pushing them in defense, and and that's it. And that was the end of the of the first half. So first, the first half ended at a twelve again twelve to three lead to Hawaii. Not too bad. Then the second one, the second half started. 
we had a, a minute 42, a Martin Gardner, another penalty kick. It got 12 to 6. And then at minute 50, we got uh, Tomas Cubilla again scoring a try. Boom, things got there. Uh, by then, the match, uh, the game was already 12, let me see, 12, 17. That was already 8. I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check because I believe the the conversion went in for his try at minute 50. Let me double check on that. Actually, it did not. So in any case, the match was by that time Oh, and I almost forgot to... Oh, no, yeah, that was the, the conversion, of course. Um, so I take that back. So in that case, the match, I believe, was already... Uh, let me see. They were talking about 19, I believe, 19 to 3. 7, 8, 9. Yeah, exactly, I believe. Oh, no, actually, it was 17. Excuse me. I, I take that back. I think it was only 17 because the penalty did not go through. So it was 17 to 6 at that time. Then, uh, the minimum 54, a really, really nice try by this guy, Baltasar Maya from Peñarol. Uh, the, in all honesty, to me, he was a, he was really an underrated player. Uh, I mean, he did his job, but it's not something that, you know, it was not a, a guy that I really thought of much. But in this game, game he definitely shows he's highly promising as a, as a fullback, a, a fullback um, a, option for for the um the Uruguayan national team from from Tedos. Um he split the defense and a support counterattack run and that rather score. It was really nice. Uh, the, and that was again a minute fifty four. Uh, the conversion went over uh, for Roger at minute fifty five, so we're good there. Uh, after that and again that was minute fifty four then and minute sixty three there was a, a really nice try by Andres Vilaseca. So this one came from uh, Tomas Enciate. So uh, he uh, so he moved at uh, square half at the final quarter of the game. Uh, so uh, what happened was Andres, uh, Andres Vilaseca uh, connected with him, offloaded. I, I believe it was, a, if I'm mistaken, it was him, or oh, Martin Roger to Enciate, Enciate to... Uh, to him, to Vilaseca, and a try right there. By that time, if I'm not mistaken, the, the score was 22 to 20, I believe. So, meaning Daniel came for two points off by Javares. Uh, Unfortunately, from there, things things went down. Uh, again, that was minute 63. Then, at minute 60, uh, seven, uh, minute 71, there was a, uh, well, first of all, at minute 69, there was a card, a yellow card, uh, to um, this guy, Facundo Pomponio. Then two minutes later, at minute 71, there was a penalty try. No cards, thankfully, there. Uh, that was a minute 71. Then after that, uh, the, the game was already slipping off the hands of Peñarol. There was, I believe, yeah, there was a penalty by Roger at minute 75 to keep things a little even. Unfortunately, at minute 79, uh, there was a, was a minute 79. Yeah, it was a minute 79. There was a try again by Tomas Cubilla. Three tries, hat trick. Definitely man of the match uh, to Cubilla there. Uh, and then later on, at minute 80, there was, a, I guess, a consolation try by, I believe this was Facundo Gatas, that ended the score again at a 36 to 28 match. Uh, excuse me, 36 to 28 score, uh, even there. Again, it was a really good match. Peñarol definitely came to play. In all honesty, I was pushing for them to win, but unfortunately, that was not the case. And Jaguares had a perfect season. A regular season won all their games, semis, and final won their games. And I have to say that. Olimpia and and Peñarol actually came to play, and those were then those really were the two hardest matchups for Hawaii's 15 to win. So 
kudos to both the Olympia franchise and Olympia Lions franchise from Paraguay and of course Peñarol from Uruguay for this and of course uh, Jawares really deservedly wins the tournament with a clean sheet okay so I, I watched this game live in all honesty I, I was quite hyped by the matchup it, again it was really really good in all honesty I was not expecting it to be this competitive from Peñarol but again did really well and was really happy for them uh, so in this case uh, you would assume that the man of the match would go to uh, this guy uh, to Cubilla but if I'm not mistaken, actually went to to France, uh, to um, uh, this guy um, uh, Corisen, Francisco Corisen, which okay, uh, he did his job, and he actually came out of the match uh, uh, honors, I believe, the the week before. So very back to back in that case. So with that said, everyone, uh, just to go over the um, the positions in the, on the table. So Hawares again, perfect uh, perfect score. They got uh, fifty, so 10, uh, 10 from ten. Then after that was Peñarol with 31, Segnan with 26, Olympia with 23, uh, Covers Brazil 15 with 14, and lastly, Cafeteros that won no games whatsoever, but at least got five points. Uh, one of those was uh, for tries, and, and, and I believe the other four were in regards to ending within six points. So Cafeteros, again, even though even thought they did not win a match, at least... They got five points out of that. So, with that said, in regards to the um, the scoring, so uh, Martin Roger actually ended up being number one at 118, followed by Maximo Ledesma from Olympia at 101, Tomas Albonos with 86, Martin Elias with 75, both players from Jaguares, then Sebastián Cacheliere at 70, and of course, all of those came for tries. He actually put 14 tries. Uh, not too bad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and again, those are the top five. After that, you got uh, Santiago Videla, Moises Duque, Tomás Cubilla, Patricio Baronio, and Juan Martín uh, González. Uh, so, again, not bad at all in regards to that. Now, in regards to yellow cards, uh, 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 Juan Echevarria had a, a, a yellow and red, so he goes to number one there, uh, followed by Augusto Bomme. That also had a one a, a yellow and a red. Uh, Mario Rebusone, same, a yellow and a red. Then Diver Ceballos from Cafeteros, who had red. Uh, Francisco Gorison got red. Franco Veraverde got red. Ignacio uh, Jose Gandini got red. Then two yellows by Domingo Saavedra from Segnam. Two from Santiago Portillo from Segnam. And finally, Gerson Ortiz from Cafeteros. And again, those, that was the, the breakdown in regards to the positioning, the again, the points scored, and the red cards. Uh, I, other than that, I believe there was something else I also wanted to mention. So give me just a moment so I can uh, so we can finish up this. So in regards to tries, so Hawaii scored the most tries at 89, followed by Signum at 39, Peñarol with 39, uh, 34, excuse me, uh, Olympia with 28, uh, Cafeteros with 22, and Cobras with 20. So even that that Cafeteros lost twice to Cobras, they actually scored two more tries uh, uh, as opposed to, to them. So uh, in, in in comparison. Now, in regards to win, uh, uh, win scrums, we have Hawares uh, with 80% of uh, scrums uh, that were won, followed by Peñarol with 86, uh, Olympia with 85, Signal with 82, Cobras with 80, and Cafeteria with 76. After that, we got in regards to lines, 
we got Jaguars with 86, Cafeteros with 84. So Cafeteros was second in line, uh, line breaks. Uh, second with 81, Cobras with 76, Fiano with 75, and uh, Olympia with 72. So go figure on that. Um, in clean breaks, we got uh, Jaguars with 167, Peñalo with 64. Look at the difference, 167 to 64. Olympia with 85, second with 45, Cobras with 45, and Cafeteros with 35. Then in turnovers, we have Jaguars uh, at 60, Cafeteros at 45, not bad. Uh, Peñalo at 43, Signal with 42, and Cobras and Olympia at 41 each. Now, in regards to penalties committed, Segnum the most at 146, followed by Olympia at 139, Peñarol at 128, excuse me, 129, Segnum at 100, uh, Coblas, excuse me, at 127, Cafeteros at 126, and Jaguares at 120. Now, in regards to visits to the 22-meter line, Jaguares, uh, of course, at the most at 109, Peñarol at 75, uh, Segnum at 65, Olympia 58, Cobras at 52, and Cafeteros at 47. Lastly, in regards to errors, eh, eh, ball handling errors, Jaguares eh, actually got the most at 78, followed by Jaguares at, excuse me, Olympia 55, Signal at 53, Peñarol at 45, Cafeteros at 34, and Cobras was the best one eh, in regards to errors at 28. So not too shabby. And with that said, everyone, and all those numbers eh, provided, I think we have come with to the official end uh, of the the league, which in has, I have to say, in this past ten weeks, it the, it really looked that. And just to give you my overall um, uh, overall thing in regards to the the league as a whole, uh, it was actually quite predictable. Uh, uh, which was really to be expected, of course. Everyone uh, thought that Hawaii was going to win the, the the tournament right out, and that was indeed the case. But the other teams came to play. It wasn't easy for for Hawaii, as easy as as it was expected. At least during the regular season, of course, we had those really high uh, scores, and even so, the the, the teams uh, at, at times like, definitely showed the, the, their medal. Uh, but of course, when the semifinals and the final came, that's really when Hawares had to really had to deep dig because again, really had to deep. Uh, excuse me, had to dig deep uh, to again to find those wings. And the other teams, Olympia and Peñarol, definitely uh, came to came to play. As I said before, several times, uh, it was it was quite good. I had to say, uh, and and again, overall. Definitely, really enjoy this um, this tournament, and of course, I wish it was, and I definitely do wish that it comes even better. And it does happen, of course, uh, coming up in twenty twenty two. Okay, so a couple of things also, uh, and just to go over uh, each of the teams. Of course, Hawaii is one, and of course, they were perfect throughout the whole of the season. Uh, Quite a number of players definitely showed uh, that that they definitely do deserve, uh, uh, definitely do the, the, uh, do the a call uh, to the um, again to uh, to Pumas. And actually, while I'm at it, let me actually use that as a transition and talk about uh, what happened. So uh, Mario Ledesma, who is the the uh, the head coach of the uh, of the Pumas, the Argentinian na- national team, uh, actually revealed a 67 match, 
Eso, eso es el man eh, preliminary squad of all the players that are under his radar. That again, of course, those of those players, I think 30 something of them are going to be chosen to go over eh, to Europe, of course, for the matches that they have against Wales, the two matches against Wales, and one that may have against Romania at, on July 3rd. Now, of those players, 44 of them play in Europe and Australia, and 23 play eh, at the Superliga. So of those players that play specifically specifically in South, uh, in South America, so for hookers, we got Ignacio Ruiz and Martin Baca. Martin Baca, of course, have been quite good. Uh, in regards to uh, loose head prop, we have Francisco Minervino, who scored that uh, the first the, the first try in the semifinal. Uh, and also we got that guy, Federico Again, uh, Winskling, the guy I can never pronounce his last name correctly. Then at uh, tight head prop, uh, there we have uh, Juan Pablo Seis, who had who had previously been called uh, to the national team. At second row, we have uh, Rodrigo Fernandez Criado uh, and Federico Gutierrez. Then at flanker, we have Juan Martin Gonzalez, Francisco Corison, again who had previously been with the national team. At number eight, we have Joaquin Oviedo, who definitely deserved it. He played quite well throughout the tournament. Again, people were saying that uh, Oviedo should have gone over uh, uh, Godison. Then at scrum half, we have Gonzalo Garcia, who served as the captain of Cafeteros Pro. And I'm really happy to hear that because uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Cesar, from the En La Mele podcast, which is a Spanish language podcast, uh, that is, um, uh, again, that's a sister podcast for uh, for Earful of Dirt, actually said it to me several times throughout the season that he sees Gonzalo Garcia as a guy to be called uh, to the national team, as well as the team, the guy that was actually going to push Cafeteros, and he definitely did at uh, the time that I'm, the times that I definitely mentioned his name. Then, and again, that's a scrum half, a fly half, we have Martin Elias, and that's it. Uh, actually, no, Tomas Albornoz also. So Tomas Albornoz and Martin Elias, both of them were called. Something that really surprises me because Nicolás Roger played really well, for, really well for Peñarol and he did not get a call at all. Again, in a group of 67, you could made it easily 68 and add his name to it. I'm actually really surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm offended for uh, Nicolás Roger that he didn't get a call in. But in any case, uh, then at center, we have uh, Juan Pablo Castro, who played really well. And actually, due to something that happened uh, with him, actually, I believe he got tackled uh, at that match with Peñarol. He dropped the ball. And then that's how, uh, I believe, um, uh, this guy, Dadu, ended up scoring the second uh, the second um, try. That's really when things uh, went down for, for Peñarol. Uh, uh, actually, no, let me see. Was it? Oh, no, actually, I take that back uh, in regards to, to that because I believe, let me see, was it that? Oh, no, no, actually, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. I'm sorry. It was Castro that actually tackled the guy from Peñarol for, for Dairu to score the try. I'm sorry, I take that back. But in any case, he did work. Uh, but yeah, but it's him and Agustin Segura, both of them in center. Then at the wing, we have no one actually. And then at fullback, of course, when was it that I do that I mentioned against score that try against Peñarol and definitely des- and definitely deserved the call up. Again, I'm just really surprised that Martin Roger uh, was not called in by again by this gentleman uh, Ledesma. He definitely deserved that, that call, but in any case, it's what it is. He, he is again, he is the man, so he's the one that chooses uh, the stints. Okay, but going over every one of the teams while while I'm at it, uh, so again, Juarez, like I mentioned, 
or had a perfect season uh, and definitely showed that they're indeed the best team uh, from South America. Then after that, we got Peñarol, of course. Uh, Peñarol, again, uh, unfortunately did not have those uh, born born and bred Uruguayan fly has and scrum halves instead playing, of course, Emmanuel Nogues and Martin Royer, which, like I said, were really good players. But I would have definitely preferred to have at least two Uruguayan guys under them. But other than that, they had a really good season. And definitely when it came to the, the of course, I mean, that they lost to Segnum again. But other, of course, their performance at the semifinals, which they won by really by the thread of the needle. And of course, the final showed that they definitely improve and definitely do hope that they do improve a little more every time. Okay, then after that, we had Stegnum, the Chilean team. Now, keep in mind, everyone, that the Chilean national team, the Condores or the Condors, it really had... They were the whipping boys of the um, the American Rugby Championship, the ARC, for for really for a while, and Brazil had actually exceeded them. But what the um, the, the the Chilean Rugby Federation, Ferrucci or, or Rugby Chile, had done is was the creation of a, of high performance centers throughout the country, a, of course, to keep their national players. In, and of course, had a high performance, of course, which eventually led to the, second, the creation of Sekdem. It, it definitely showed that the high performance camps have helped the national team, and I, I and I do assume that once the national team ca- gets together, Chile is going to be much better than it was before. It could definitely be better than Brazil, but I guess that's to, that's to be seen in the upcoming uh, upcoming months. Uh, but again, Segnam, even though they had those uh, Argentina players that played mostly their Chilean stock, and it showed that when in the right environment, they can definitely be a force to be reckoned with, especially the fact that the B. Peñarol, the team that came in second place, Again, kudos to them. I'm, I was really happy for them. Okay, after that, we got Olympia. Now, Olympia, as I mentioned previously, is a team that was created mostly of Argentinian players and some Paraguayan players due to the fact that Paraguay, unlike the other teams, including, and really to a certain extent, including uh, Cafeteros from Colombia, they didn't really have that many high-level players. So this was a, an experiment of sorts to for the players from Paraguay to learn from the Argentinian players that were on that team to be better, uh, uh, to, to show that they could be better, and of course for them to start learning from them. Now, whether that was the case, it remains to be seen, of course, once the national team gets together, but the players of a Paraguayan descent that play for Olympia, I do hope to see them play at, uh, uh, for the Paraguayan national team from Jacare soon, especially the Gomez Vara brothers, all three of them, because Jeronimo was definitely, Jeronimo and Martin, both of them were quite good, and definitely Jeronimo was the best one of the three. So I definitely do hope to see them play for the national team. Uh, of course, you got um, Sebastián Urbieta, which was really good. Same thing for Renato Cardona, uh, who is the captain of the national team. Okay, uh, after that, we got Brazil, uh, uh, Brazil, Cobras, uh, well, Cobras Brazil 15. Now, this is a team that really disappointed me because I was actually expecting a lot more from them, especially from uh, Josh Reeves or Joshua Reeves, the fly half. I don't know what happened to him at this tournament, but 
it, in comparison to when he plays for the national team, it was actually quite a downgrade. I was actually quite surprised. You got a kid like Lucas Espago, who really should be his trainee, getting ahead of him in a couple of times. And mind you, the only besides him, the only other guy that can play fly half was Moises Duque, who mostly plays center and has been consistently good for the Brazilian team for years now. And he's not getting any younger. So I do hope they can get, besides Lucas Pago, I do hope they get more good players in that fly half position because... Uh, as I have come to learn with USA, as a USA uh, Eagles fan, uh, scrum half and fly half, those two positions are extremely important in the rugby team. So I definitely do hope that they can get those home and bred Brazilian players to get up to that really good of a level. Then lastly, everyone, we have, of course, Cafeteros Pro, the team from Colombia. Now, again, I, I, I said it several times, and I'm going to say it again. Even though they did not win a single game, that, that is the only thing that I can say. It did leave me with a good taste in my mouth, even though they did not win any any match. The fact that Cafeteros Pro came in with a bunch, uh, I believe it was like 19 Colombian players and the rest Argentinian, and when, in those matchups, when they play really all of their, their Colombian players and they still showed their medal, is definitely something to be proud of them. Cafeteros Pro definitely should be proud of themselves, even though they did not win a single game. Although they got really close in again in some instances. Again, I cannot forget, of course, that match they got against Cobras, which ended 14-22. And of course, that other one when they literally lost by one point to Peñarol, 14-13. And that was a team that got into second place. Uh, so again, matches like that definitely showed that even though they did not win, they were competitive. And then, of course, we got the 39 to 32 to Olympia again, a match that they could have definitely win if the circumstances would have gone a different way. And of course, we had that round two match against Hawaris where they lost 71 to 28, but those 28 points came from tries. So again, when given the circumstance, Cafeteros was. Uh, again, could have been the better team, but unfortunately, it was just that close. So hopefully 2020, uh, 2022, if the league returns, which I do hope is the case, can be the first year where Cafeteros actually starts winning games. Because that's definitely a team that I want to see grow. And it, it, when you compare it to Olympia, where they barely had any of their national Paraguayan players. Cafeteros had most of their Colombian players in. And when given the circumstance, they were competitive. So I definitely want to see more of them for next year. Okay, everyone, I think with that said and done, we have come to an end officially, episode nine of the Slot Report. And this will be, of course, our very last, uh, again, the very last uh, episode of the season, everyone. And thank you very much for everyone that heard this throughout. Keep in mind that you could watch most of the matches of the SLAR, of course, with the Spanish uh, commentary. Uh, find it on YouTube, specifically find the channel called Rugby Sudamericano, Rugby Sudamericano, uh, where you're going to find the final and as well as the, really the semis. And the final is really everything that's worth watching of the SLAR because those were the best matches of the league in terms of competition. So I definitely suggest that you find, even if you don't understand anything of what's going if you don't understand the commentary, of course, you will understand 
understand what's going on in the field if you know your rugby. So I definitely suggest watching those matches. They're definitely worth and they're worth the time. And of course, thank you very much for uh, Rugby Sudamericano, whoever runs that channel, for uploading all the matches. Uh, even that I watched this, uh, the semis and the final live with the help of my buddy Cesar again from El Amele podcast, our Spanish language podcast option for those of you that can check it out. And I was able to use my VPN to log in uh, through uh, ESPN LA and oh, technically it was ESPN MX and watch it that way. Uh, it was definitely worth re- 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 replaying those matches. So if you can, definitely do so. Okay, everyone. So with that said, I'm going to bid you adieu officially. Once again, my name is Victor. Thank you very much for joining me this past nine weeks uh, of the Slot Report. And I do hope that we can be together for next year for the 2022 season, which hasn't been officially announced. Uh, I had a couple of naysayers telling me that the views uh, the, the views were not good and this and that. Um, I had quite a number of negative Nancys um, hitting me up about this, uh, but I do hope that it's definitely the case because this league, even though it was in this bubble league because of the pandemic and everything else, I do hope that 2022 uh, can be of course, teams traveling from country to country. Uh, so I'm crossing my fingers that happens and everyone gets vaccinated in time for 2022. So we'll see what happens. But definitely, I do hope this returns so you and I can be together from the beginning talking about everything slar. So again, everyone, thank you very much for joining me. And next time, more than likely, either you're going to hear me in 2022 for slar 2022. If not, you may hear me whenever I do appear at the EOD podcast, whenever I get invited for that. Thank you very much everyone have a nice day